0: Spider What is up, internet? The last thing you need is to be meeting strange men in hotel rooms. Oh hi man. Oh, Shaheer, how did you get into my hotel room? You invited me. Oh yeah.
1: My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shaheer Dowd. I don't just lurk in hotel rooms, by the you way. You do.
0: You yeah. do. It's a part-time. It's it's not a it's not a vocation, it's
1: a it's a passion for you. I guess I mean look, some hotel rooms really deserve to be lurked See? especially there you the you little go. creepy ones in the age of Toronto. Oh yeah, and that is why this <laughs> is the only podcast about the film Enemy Fan Request Edition. Oh, my God. Thank you, Brandon Ripley, who's a friend of the show and friend of ours. Brandon Ripley, believe it or not, thank you so much. Um, He requested us to see Enemy, and I think he requested it because he was not confused by the movie. Because Because he thinks we're mortal foes. Yeah, we might fight about this movie, I think, which would be fun. I'm ready. Are I'm you? All oiled up. You, you look, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, you
0: You came into my hotel room all oiled up in like that 1930s wrestling garb. In fact, I don't know I how only, you have the I headphones only, on over those ear guards.
1: Oh, I only wear like a sumo like little towel. It does get warm in here. Yeah. Oh,
0: listeners, if you
1: could see us now. Oh, um, this banter is so good. So good. Okay. If you, want, if you like our banter and you want to get more into it, you could- uh, <laughs> More into our banter. More, more into our banter. Or a quiz to film like Brandon did. You can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or- hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod or our Facebook page, The Only Podcast About Movies. You got it. You got it. I mean, it would take you a bit, but you made it. Yeah, you did yeah. it. And, uh, and and in fact, we received an email from listener Will, who I believe is in Australia, uh, referring to our latest uh, Suicide Squad episode, which is a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, Will pointed out the one thing that I think we should all do take away from Suicide Squad, which is that we should all go and watch Assault on Arkham Asylum,
0: which I believe, Matt, you did. I did because I needed I needed something to fix my my brain on the on that property. Uh, fix
1: your brain, not just cleans your palate, but fix your fix brain. my brain. So that movie broke your brain it,
0: for parts of it. Yeah. yeah. No, th- and it, it did. And I, you can read a little bit of his email, but uh, I think I agree with everything he said.
1: Well, this is what Will says. He says, seriously, it boggles the mind that the Suicide Squad film wasn't a straight adaptation of Assault on Arkham. It was dark, it was funny. And then he's referring to of course, Assault, of on course. Arkham. He's yeah. saying Assault yeah. on Arkham was dark. Funny, the plot made sense.
0: (laughs) These things, like, like very... I know, it's (laughs) one-on-one shit, but apparently
1: someone at Warner Brothers needs to hear this. Baseline stuff. Uh, The plot made sense and specifically utilized traits of every character on the team. Oh, my God. Yeah. uh, yeah. The Joker was ostensibly not the main villain, but he enters the film in an organic way and hijacks it appropriately. Last but not least, the no goddamn cgi 90s mummies returns monsters God damn it. (laughs) What the hell was WB thinking with Suicide Squad? At this
0: point, they should just wb live action should just hand the keys over to wb animation uh and dc
1: animation because well holy yeah but then again shit. like dc animation did do the killing joke adaptation recently which is not but
0: it felt like a different team to be honest it felt like no other dc like that's their first look the, the movies have been missing for a little bit now the the major ones the yeah. live action ones their animated see, stuff has the, been I mean, hitting the
1: thing is okay the last three have missed you you forget about uh, uh, Batman, Batman and Robin. No, Batman and Robin didn't. No no quite no. Hit. We're thinking about the the Dark Knight trilogy. How did that hit so well?
0: Because it wasn't it wasn't a Warner Brothers. It wasn't like it was a Warner Brothers. No, production. it was, but like it had a person behind it that cared enough and had enough power and skill to make Batman I, work in the real world.
1: I've read one thing that is that uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't receive notes. He's uh, he's basically. Oh like, gee,
0: mm-hmm. wow! <laughs> what a novel concept.
1: Letting your fucking your artist you hired create the art. That doesn't work in every situation. Some people need notes, but, maybe, but apparently, maybe I, I, you should hire is, people that need the least notes. And this is that's just speculative. I've just read that somewhere. Shahir uh, Dowd right. said it. You heard it here <laughs> first. It is a
0: hundred percent. Christopher Nolan, Nolan does not take notes. Does not. And take. he's not going to deal with your shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. Thank you for writing in. You're hundred percent right. If you want a good Suicide Squad. Movie. Uh, movie. Check out Assault on Arkham. It is wonderful. The only thing I could probably leverage against it is it does sort of again, it's trying to be edgy so it sexes up the female characters as almost every one of these fucking things I mean, does.
1: Look, like, like she's a hot pants wearing girl. Uh, in-
0: and and uh, and uh, Killer Frost or whatever too, so whatever. Okay. Anyway, so they're all enemies, right? But we're going to be talking about enemy for this podcast. But in- you know what else has enemies to What has enemies? There's so many levels of this. Video games. Ugh. And <laughs> we all know how Hollywood Treats Hollywood treats video game adaptation wait, wait, hold movies. On, hold on
1: a second. I think I've I just I, I saw a shoehorn in the table somewhere here. I saw a shoehorn on the floor.
0: Yeah, there. Oh, it's there. under my soapbox. It's yeah. under
1: my soapbox. Yeah, Grab like it. A big shoehorn. There we go. Um, Hollywood treats its video
0: game adaptation movies the way Warner Brothers treats its live action DC character properties. You it
1: here first, people. Like <laughs> garbage. So what? What should we do? What should I think? We should get together in a room. You, me, and two special guests. Uh, could it up. be James Portnow and Red Charzin? But Perhaps. Okay. Two, I, I mean, I'll take any, but those should sure. sound good. No, they're, they're great. Uh, and maybe we. Wait, should where should we do this? Uh, I, I I don't know. I happen we. to have a plane ticket to Seattle in the beginning was, of September. We well, go to San Francisco. We go to Santa Fe. We go to Albuquerque. I, I think Seattle's pretty. good. Seattle's pretty good. I mean, we, we might as well just do it at PAX. PAX. Explain what PAX is.
0: PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo. It's PAX West. It's the original. It's it's super fun. It's a gaming convention, both video and board games, started by the Penny Arcade guys. Uh, It's a super awesome time, and I think it's gonna have a lot of people that would resonate wanting to see better video game
1: adaptations into film, and maybe even board game adaptations. The Monopoly movie is coming. Oh, I know. know. (laughs) And Clue was so good. Can we talk about how good Clue was? It was Colonel Mustard in the no, but the game, not the game, the 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 movie, right? With Tim Curry. (laughs) Oh, is that the one? See, I always get Clue confused with it Murder had on the Multiple Orange. Endings. But the, with Murder on the Orange experience. Anyway, Brilliant. we're getting off topic. Okay, right.
0: I did it. I'm sorry, guys. We're doing a panel at Pax. It's at 6 p.m. on Friday, uh, September 2nd, in the Sphinx Theater. We're going to talk about how Hollywood butchers video game movies and how we think they can fix it. Um, and please come down if you're around. Uh, come see. We're going to be recording the show uh, I've, live I've looked there. I've lifted out
1: analytics. I know we have fans in Seattle. Do we really? Yeah, we do. How, how many? I mean, at least two. Two, okay, and I like was hoping for three, two. solid two.
0: So, guys, you guys or girls, mm. you two, <laughs> you, I'm, we're counting on you. Yeah, we got to fill a, fucking, <laughs> a fucking, panel room. I don't know how big the Sphinx Theater is.
1: If it's as big as the Sphinx, I'm scared. Well, it gets smaller as you go higher up. So maybe we'll be in the top. Of maybe the we'll be in the
0: top of the Sphinx. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, please come check us out. We'd love to see you, and we loved it. We're giving doing some giveaways. We're gonna have Q and A. We're gonna we're gonna we'd love to data mine your brains and see how you'd like to fix video game adaptations.
1: Data mine, Data mine your brain. brain. That sounds so wrong. and Villainous? Yeah. Enemy-esque, so to speak? So, uh, we got on to Enemy, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Um, Ooh, such a name. It's a great name. And I'm, a, I'm, look, flat out huge fan of this guy. Uh, I think. No. Um, prisoner. Did you see Prisoners? No. Prisoners is excellent, but I and this came out the same year as Prisoners. Um, he did two. He
0: did two in a year. Two in a year. Just, just oh, well, there,
1: and and the funny thing is, I think this was actually made before Prisoners, but Prisoners was released first.
0: I'm always interested about that. I, I'd love to be in the rooms that decide
1: when things go out. Right. Like well, and and both both starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um. So Prince I. Prince of Persia,
0: awful video game. <laughs>
1: Um, of course, last year was Sicario from Denis Villeneuve. Um, he's got, he's directing the new Blade Runner sequel, which is coming out. Oh, with
0: Leto and, um, and
1: Gosling? Yeah, exactly. Um, his new trailer Arrival is blowing up all over the internet. Oh, that's him? That's him. That looks so good. I, I, I've not, I've watched the teaser trailer. I've not watched the actual trailer. That's good. Don't watch it. It uh, looks great. Don't um, watch it. And uh, the other film of his I've seen uh, is Incent- Incendies, which is, uh, it's kind of amazing. It feels a little bit. You're first- so worldly. It feels a little bit first filmy, which is that it's a little long in the tooth and it kind of takes its time to get to its point. But it's kind of amazing. And then the the more embarrassing thing was, was that I have had, I've been at a film festival where his film has played with. Not in the same session as mine, but in one of the like one of the series that my films was playing. I knew in. it. I knew you had a personal tie to this. And uh, well, the personal tie is is that I was incredibly embarrassed. I watched this film, um, Nick's Floor, which is amazing, and then like my little shitty film, like feel- playing alongside it, just felt like I felt like a douche. Why? Well, because he- Nick's Floor is incredible. Uh, it's an incredible allegory about gluttony and the way in the world is uh, destroying itself. Um it's it's amazing he's an amazing filmmaker. I am very excited by everything he does. It's weird. I feel like he's a slightly more political David Fincher at okay. this point. You get down on yourself too much. I do. I do. But I I my You're harsh, making movies? I am my You're harsh, getting into festivals? Yeah, but I I I what it, I think it's a characteristic of being a New Zealander actually. Like we don't like to talk ourselves up. And and I and I I like to think that I the best is yet to come. Well,
0: for someone who's so cocksure about everything else and about movies other than his own movies. <laughs> it's just it's interesting. And I appreciate
1: the humbleness. I don't I don't want you to get a big head, but your stuff's good and you should be proud of it. I just I you know, like I, I, I think it's an important characteristic for every filmmaker to be critical of their own work. If oh you yeah. thought if you thought your own work was the best was the shit. You'd be Michael Bay. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, incredibly rich and enjoying yeah, yeah, life to its I... fullest
0: and blowing a lot of things. Fuck,
1: I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> so I, w- I, and so I'd seen Enemy, and I I have to say, I think the year I saw, it came out in 2013. Yep. That year, I think Enemy was probably one of my favorite films alongside Prisoners. Um, I was just kind of blown away by this guy who put out these two Remarkably different movie. I was going to ask how similar they were. Uh, yeah. Nothing alike, and so and the 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 connection to David Fincher uh, occurs because of Prisoners. Uh, gotcha. Prisoners is very much like a serial, not a serial killer, but like a murder mystery kind of film. Uh, very good, really, really sharp with uh, Hugh Jackman um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and but then what the thing that blew me away was that that was such a a kind of not crowd pleasing, but such a cla classy. Hollywood classic thriller. You, okay, know? Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like in the Hitchcock tradition, it's like these are movie, you know, movie movies. And yeah. enemy, enemy is such um it's such a expression of cinema as poetry to me. So uh, you know, that's what and I was like, man, this guy can kind of go in either direction. And it's really fascinating. So I I was blown away by enemy the first time I saw it. Um but Matt. This is the Well, the, I'm the, I'm,
0: I'm looking up on my phone exactly what you said to me when we were going over this. Um it's it, it was a wonderful sentence. Yeah, um yeah. so you said to me uh uh, uh, uh you know uh, Brandon suggested Enemy which would be a good one. And then I watched the trailer and I said in the text, "Oh, Enemy trailer looks cool." Mm. And then you go, "Enemy is amazing. You will hate it." <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that was like challenge accepted. Yeah. I I mean, I l- listen, if you go back and listen to our lobster review, I think you could probably see why I might think you might hate it, right? But
0: lobster, and we'll get into sort of my analogy with lobster after this. Uh, and I don't even know if lobster falls into the way that most of these movies that try to do what Enemy did and fail. That I'm saying, I'm not saying Enemy failed. The ones that try to do something like Enemy, and when they fail, right, right, um, it's that uh, it's that my analogy. I say a bunch is it's a film or that's, something that loves the smell of its own farts.
1: See, now but uh, hold on, no, no. no but, but what that, I'm saying, I, we got to talk about that analogy. But what I'm but, saying, yeah. what I'm
0: saying. Is I don't think Enemy is a film that loves the smell of its own farts. I think Enemy. what What do you mean by that? I mean when someone me I need a concrete example. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. let me talk. Yeah. Uh so basically let's, I could even break it down to what we were talking about before about you and your films, right? Yeah. You are not a filmmaker that loves the smell of your own farts. Oh, I am. Not literally. <laughs> or no, you do literally, not figuratively. Because when I when I use that analogy, it, whenever a piece of art is made and you can just see in your mind based on what it is, could be music, could be film, could be, you know, anything. Um, You're just like, oh, this person thinks they're being so fucking clever right now. Now, 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 hold on. So (laughs) this film enemy doesn't do that. This is someone who, who basically, it seems like the director had a really cool idea that he had a lot of Fun and interesting and different types of things to do with it, Mm -hmm. but he never, he never like, how do I put it? He never, I never got a whiff of pretension in this movie that is set up and the way it's sort of built and put on the screen Mm -hmm. has every opportunity to fall into that trope.
1: Right. So that – because because I think you said the word that I think is what you're referring to when you say something loves the smell of its own farts, which is pretension. Yes. And pretension pertains to the fact that someone thinks that they're being cleverer than they actually are. Or, or uh, you know, is acknowledging their own and, you know, like they're the – I think vet, the second the you self, acknowledge
0: your own, you yeah. instantly
1: are less. But the thing is – the thing that I find difficult about that is that it is – the way you're describing it feels entirely subjective to me, which is that – How if, so? Well, for example, if you watch the Tarkovsky film like um, Stalker or Solaris, those are films with long, ponderous scenes where not a lot is happening. And the, the expression of the, the, the thing that is happening is this expression of cinematic beauty. Like moments are unfolding slowly and they're using the visual language to do so. And I think the thing that you don't respond to is when you're not engaged in that. No,
0: well, I, well, yes, but that's not the problem I'm talking about. Of right. course, I have a problem if I'm not being engaged. Uh, no, but, not but,
1: being engaged, but if you're not engaged, now I—that's I what I'm that, saying. If
0: I'm not being engaged, but that's not that's not the issue of the smell your own fart scenario. Yeah. Smell your own fart scenario is a very Zack Snyder, Michael Bay sort of thing.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because there's another movie we've been asked to do that I think you think smells its own farts, which is Drive by Nicholas Winding Raifan. Um, I hate that movie, <laughs> but I don't know if. Uh, maybe I'd really have to think we're about gonna it. We're going to do that movie and we're going to get more, more detailed. Information. Oh. We're going to, at this moment, we're going to But go. that's, that's my definition. It's not, it's not, um,
0: it's not, it's, it's when uh, the artist, you. it's when you can see the artist loving what he did or he or she did mm-hmm. too much and it's, yeah. and it's ever present and it overshadows. That's what, that's the problem. When it overshadows the actual art itself and you can see it, you can just be like, motherfucker, Right.
1: I, I definitely—I think I have examples of that in my mind, but I, I, don't, I don't think— One
0: day when we're reviewing a film, I'm going to call out when you think that, because I, I know you've done it in the past. It's yeah. just I might not be wording it as clearly as I should. Right, right. Uh, it's my shorthand for <laughs> pretension.
1: <laughs> it's course, longer course. words for that word. It's it's a more—like, fu- everyone loves the word fart, and uh, why shouldn't you And everyone it? loves the smell of their own farts. <laughs> um, but Enemy is is not one of the—again, I love this film. I think it's uh, amazing. And the thing that— it, um, you know, the thing that it reminds me of is when I was, we're going to talk about smelling your own farts. When I was a film student, <laughs> See, <laughs> to me, like, and I think every film student has this, right? Every film student. We did. Ha- I made an awful
0: vampire movie I've referenced on this thing that was literally just whiffing it all in. So I
1: made this one film called Insomnia, which was about, oh, it, <laughs> <laughs> which is mine was called Consequence. Oh God. Yeah. yeah these are such film school titles. And, and it, mine was based on a, a little uh, passage out of a Gabriel Garcia Marquez story when an entire village has insomnia and they forget everything and and one of the things that happens in in song in the short and i'm never going to show it to you is a person starts seeing their double wandering around and what we don't in the film, what we realize is they're double is them sleepwalking and they don't realize and yada yada yada. Uh, and, and you can see immediately how that's such a film school. Oh god! Idea. Yeah. And and the thing about Enemy is it is such a film school idea, but it pulls it off. It does what you and I couldn't do. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a commitment to vision here, and there's and there's a level of craftsmanship and skill. It like. On every level of this film, that yes. makes it. But but I guess what it, what it reminds me of, because because you know, like both you and I work in commercial production right now, and it's oftentimes we're, <laughs> we're we're sellouts for the man. Yeah, we're sellouts for the man, and also we're we're often like like we're trying to go for the easiest, broadest gag. You know what I mean? Like we're we're often we're instructed <laughs> yeah, instructed. But I think but like what I worry about is that even in my own thinking, I'm always like now okay, you know, like when I made that short film. I was my my whole thinking was, and I remember this clearly, was like I would rather see I would rather do something ambitious that failed than something that was easy and hit the mark. And and the the and that's a film school kind of idea. It's you know, like sure. when you're in film school, you're exposed to like, you know, like all these obscure, difficult movies. Right. And you're like, I wanna be and, and it's it's like it's powerful because you're seeing things that are so different, you know, like they're not the things that you see at the multiplex. And so you're like I want to be that kind of artist. I want to be an artist who is committed sure. to a unique, singular vision. Sure. And it's really it's really difficult. So what what watching a film like Enemy reminded me that cinema can be po- poetic. And there are things that happen in this medium that can that that are so powerful in this medium.
0: Yes. And uh sorry, just real quick tangent. Uh mm. listeners, I have an idea. Good oh, god. If you would like Shahir and I <laughs> to each put up our worst college film oh, <laughs> on God. the internet.
1: I don't know if I could. All right, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll talk I mean, about I mean, Let me finish the pitch. Yeah,
0: yeah. And we'll do one episode where we do a double feature where he and I watch each of ours and we'll put it up for <laughs> you guys to see as well. And then we'll review our old college films.
1: Oh, God. And just I, a thought, the if, thought
0: there's, of- if there's enough interest, email us in at only, only at onlymoviepodcastgmail.com. If we get enough interest, we will do it because it will be awful. Anyway. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but yes, enemy pulls it off. I, I do want to say this, and I, I, I liked it mm-hmm. straight up. I liked it. So the war will not be fought on that front. And I also don't think it enjoys the smell of its own farts. Okay. The, I have some issues with it that we'll sort of get into um, as it goes. But w- my, one of my biggest problems, mm-hmm. and again, this is not a deal breaker for me because of exactly what you said, how artfully every piece of this thing comes together. Mm-hmm. It's a slight narrative problem. Um, But again, if if you can get past it, which I did, it's fine. And that narrative problem is it felt like every character in this movie really fucking like belonged on the island of lost. And that is that none of them talked to one another about what was going on. And they never really engaged, especially in the beginning of the movie. Like there were many points where a lot of this could be not cleared up but made much clearer to everyone if everyone wasn't staring off in pensive silence as well awesome music is
1: playing in the background yeah i and i think but i think that has to do with like reading this film as narrative uh, as as logically narrative not uh, la- narrative logic you know like the the narrative logic in this film is not is not something that is going to be easy to decipher and even make sense right. but it is but it does but the the narrative works rationally if you look at it as a piece of poetry.
0: Do you have the IMDb up? I could read what it says, uh, if Uh, not. I I do have the IMDb (laughs) up. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Can I do it? Well, you should do it, and you should explain to me what you think the film is about.
0: Okay, but can I read it first? I'm Mm going to read it first. A man seeks out his exact lookalike after spotting him
1: in a movie. (laughs) Tell me that's wrong. (laughs) It's not wrong. It's not wrong. (laughs) But that's the first third of the movie. I feel like if if you are a person who doesn't, who's never seen a, Tarkovsky film or know what Tarkovsky sure. or, or even you know like that? What I just said was really pretentious, but uh, I mean Eddie, I could keep a meter going. We could <laughs> yeah. make a ding noise every and time. The, and then if you like, were like, oh, I want to see what movie Jake Gyllenhaal's in, and then you and you read that uh, synopsis, you are going to be sorely disappointed when yeah. you watch this movie. Well,
0: maybe not. So Donnie Darko himself, basically, uh, he's a he's a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, a, a history professor, history professor, yeah. um, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, Home of Scott Pilgrim. What up? Uh, and, this
1: movie is lovingly filmed.
0: Yes. Uh, and, uh, then he sees uh, randomly after a friend recommends him not a friend it could be a colleague or Mm -hmm. something in a break room recommends a movie to him uh, and he sees himself basically or someone who looks exactly like him as a busboy in this film and then he kind of goes down the rabbit hole a little bit and like finds the other films he was in and like hunts him down to his agency and looks on Google and like all this other stuff and like finds this guy who looks exactly like him now
1: yeah I mean and it's played by the same actor but he's he's playing both yeah and he does a great job he plays them
0: both uh, different when they need to be and the same when they need to be and all that shit. Yeah. So, my issue is this, and again, maybe it's my narrative logic talking, Yeah. but when I go into a film, I expect it, I expect a certain la- narrative logic, and I know this one is is trying to buck some systems, and I understand that, especially after finishing it, but watching it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what's my first reaction? If I, if this happened to me, mm-hmm. what's the reaction? If I was watching a movie and I saw my body double in the back, yeah. uh, I would be like, holy, what the, what the, And I'd look and I would be so thrilled. I would take pictures and I would send it to a bunch of people and I'd be like,
1: would you suck your own dick?
0: I mean, (laughs) if I had the
1: opportunity, Yeah, uh, but I think that's the unstated like thing about meeting your double that everyone talks about. Well, okay. If that's your (laughs) go-to,
0: I would warm up into that. Maybe talk to them first a little bit, buy them a nice seafood dinner. Um, But no. So. I would position, I would be like, friends, family, look at, th- this is insane. There is a he, scene but he, like- do, but he doesn't, this is the thing, no mm-hmm. no character in this movie, uh, either the teacher mm-hmm. or the actor, uh, show pictures of the person to any other character. They so, like, like, instead, the teacher, let me just break it down, like mm-hmm. there's a, it, and it's very artfully done. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of disturbing feeling uh, in the entire movie. It's all very yellow, uh, which I actually really enjoy the cinematography of this, the look and it the lighting of it, because up. yellow can be such a disturbing color uh, when you do it right. And they, this one does it right. The Green Lantern would be fucked in this movie. <laughs> um, but so but he's like researching and like doing the stuff and like staying up late, like staring at this actor double of his picture on the Internet. So he the character in the movie itself turns this moment into something really dark before it has
1: before it um has sort the of opportunity to become dark uh, to it, become dark yeah and i think it it has that sort of uh you know like i think th- that's that thing with like smelling your own farts is is such a subjective thing because i think if you're not engaged by this film Every scene where he's, like, Googling that actor or... And then look- not telling his girlfriend. Yeah, and then you're hearing this sort of, like, haunting string music. And, and then the- not calling his friends or mother. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff would probably, like, be like... Ooh. But you're
0: telling me... I mean, if you saw your double on the internet, you wouldn't take a screen grab and put it on Facebook and, like, look at this
1: asshole! I, I do think... Because you asked me a question when we were watching this. is like, what year was this movie made right. in? And it kind of did feel like... Until he got on Google. Pre-social media-esque. And it also felt like Adam Bell, the, ca- the character that... Uh, the history professor says, yes. is is a kind of an isolated individual with a really hot girlfriend, <laughs> played by Melanie Laurent uh, from um, *Inglorious Bastards. Ba- Bastards*. Yeah, uh, but the the other thing
0: is, side note, I found my body double. I'll actually put it up when we post this. I'll put up the picture of my body double. It was actually sent to me by a friend. Um, where where in Philly? Mm. Uh, she sent it to me and she's like, Oh my god, are you in Philly? And it's a picture of a dude Who looks just that like- looks exactly like me, but in a giant dinosaur onesie. But it's my <laughs> fucking face and it's not me. Okay. I will post that when we post this. That's so weird, but okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very um it's a very shining moment.
1: Yeah, it is it's a really tricky um thing to like get the tone of it. because it's one of the things that like when we're doing like our big action movies one of the things I always hammer on is like narrative consistency and like things you know, as do I. So suicide squad being a perfect example where things just don't make sense. Yo. Um, But I think there's a, there's a tonal quality to this that allows it to get away with that. But also more importantly is that we, we have to, you uh, even, I think the movie is even pointing to this as well, is that the idea of seeing your double is not, is not a literal thing. It is more a, Subjective exploration of what your mind would be doing in its subconscious, I like don't know. maybe like, I would I would be
0: making it into a much more fun situation. <laughs> of course, uh, you would be, but that's but that's but that's real, me, I guess. Too. That's a
1: realistic thing, and this is kind of like again, if I if I watch it as cinema as poetry, then this then then that sort of longing stare he has and that explore. I understand. You know, know, like (laughs) makes more sense to me.
0: The um, the interesting thing about this, though, and it's all about engagement. You said it about me, me and doing. Like this movie, this movie earns its pretension, and therefore it's not pretentious in my eyes. If that makes sense. Like this, Mm -hmm. the poetry. Let's call it when it's when it's good, it's poetry, and when it's bad, it's pretension. Yeah, yeah. So it it keeps me engaged with all of its other shit. Yeah. So I, I forgive the, the breaks in narrative logic and I forgive the, yeah. or not even forgive. Cause that makes it sound like they're doing something wrong and they're not. No, uh, it's, I, I accept the way that this is being presented to me because it's being presented to me in such a cool, artful manner that while artistic and poetic is never slapping me in the face with, Hey, doesn't this cool? <laughs> is this fucking cool? We're doing, Oh my God. You don't want to oh, oh,
1: wait. The next part's so cool. Like, you know, one thing I noticed um, just because this is the second time I've seen this around uh, as well is that uh, Verneuve is really good at the close-up. It's a really difficult art to do, is to like film a close-up uh, well, like, okay, and film a close-up and, and select moments that actually have meaning. And it was uh, it was the moment when um, uh, the actor's uh, wife. Uh, so what we learn is is that there are two there's two sets of characters and let's there's, just call them teacher and
0: actor and they're yeah, both Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: Yeah and so uh teacher uh, has a girlfriend played by Melanie Laurent. Uh, Very attractive blonde lady. and actor has a a pregnant wife played by Sarah uh Sarah Gadon. Very attractive blonde lady. <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, it's funny just as a side note I um in preparation for this podcast I watched The Double by Richard Ayoade which is another film that came out around the exact same time which has Jesse Eisenberg. Meeting his double. uh, (laughs) It's the volcano. To the it's Dante's peak. Yeah, yeah. It it actually is. And I was like, and I was like, man, that year there were two movies with white dudes and the blonde women who love them.
0: (laughs) I actually wrote an alternate an alternate title uh, for this film could just be called Blondes Get Fucked Over.
1: Yeah, kind of. It and and I and I you know like one thing that I think we do is that we often. We look at films from a male point of view, and I think if you were looking at this from, uh, it's from fucking uh, terrifying, yeah, as a female, this would be. Well, a, I know. I think from a human perspective, this movie's terrifying. But then, but then, I think that the reason why it works as well is that this is specifically from the movie is specifically about male anxiety. And um, but there but but just getting back to my point about. No, I just I would just think it's anxiety. Uh, it's I think it's very specifically okay. male anxiety. Okay. Uh, but there's a moment where Sarah Godon uh, is um, she's just found out that this man who looks like her husband has been calling, and we re- and she says, "Are you lying to me?" And the and it's such a it's a it's such a small thing, but like filming that close up and getting the reaction on her face that 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 illustrates both the confusion. And the fear and the anxiety, and then like framing it in a way which gives it the room to do is so di- like uh, there's a there's a great video essayist, um, uh, every frame of painting, and and he did this amazing one about why how the Coen brothers select the right angle for every mid shot. Okay, and it's a really difficult thing to do. And I was watching this th- with with that in the back of my mind, going, this mid shot on this woman's face as she. Acknowledges the fear that her husband might have been cheating on her because he has in the past. In because the he has in the past is it's just so perfectly placed and and the thing about it is, um, uh, you could do it. Um, you could film this shot a million ways. You know, you could you could put Jake Gyllenhaal in the foreground. You know, like imposing some sense of it. You could put. Um, you could frame her, you know, off to the left. You could frame her off to the right. You could you could do some sort of weird off framing like they do in Mr. Robot, uh, which I know you've been watching. I watched one episode and I like it a lot. Um, but this is just so perfectly, it, it, you could do it, you can do it a million ways, but there is one right way to do it. And Oh,
0: disagree uh, with that statement. Hear, he just he, does it very well.
1: No, no, hang on. Hear me out. There's one way, right way to do it for this story. And that's the way he did it and now you're i'm getting sa- into smelling your own fart territory no i'm not i'm saying i'm saying what i'm saying is is that he has chosen an angle which best tells his story and i think and it it's so it's such a difficult thing to do and i and i struggle with this all the time whenever i'm on set is that you are as a director you're faced with a million possibilities sure every day you're like and, and then you're faced with also a million constrictions which is like okay I can shoot this anyway, but I have to shoot it in that direction at this time with this light face and this one. I can't turn the camera 90 degrees oh, 30 degrees that way. Otherwise, we're going to expose the set. It. So it's like everything kind of tightens you in and then and then you can go in any direction once you're tightened in. Sure. And so I, watching that, I, it's, it's a quality I think that I see in David Fincher as well, which is mm. that like he is really as much as we know these guys for their ability to pull off the big, exciting shot. These guys are really good at the mid and the close-up yeah. and like our uh, patient at in the those. micro
0: as well as the macro.
1: It's, it's just the, it's an amazing talent. And it's, it's something like look, look, disagree- the whole smelling your own fudge thing. I was like, that's a quality I hope to have as a filmmaker. To smell your own farts? Yeah, I'd love to be able to smell my own farts. I have a no- nose problem and I can't.
0: <laughs> um, no, I wasn't saying that it was a bad shot or that he didn't do a really, that wasn't a great moment. I'm saying I just have a problem with the, this is, in anything, not even just film, like mm-hmm. this is the best thing for this.
1: this Wh- is, I, that, but that's what I mean. I'm not saying it's the best thing, period, like this was the only way to do it. I'm saying it's the best thing that this filmmaker did for this moment.
0: I see. Sorry, it did sound like the first way, the first way you put it. Now I understand yeah, yeah. what you were saying. Um, so... Let's see. Uh, do we just want to start going into Spoiler Town?
1: We've been talking for a bit. I mean, just, I mean, you've you've kind of mentioned, well, let's, let's go, uh, before we get into Spoiler Town, just your general impressions of the movie and things that you liked and didn't like. Oh, and- I kind of did
0: that. I, I dug the look of it. I dug the acting. I dug the story. I dug the weird spider iconography that was all over it. Um... Hence the song at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the the show choice, a little bit. Choice. Yeah, Good. Pat yourself on the back. That's nice. Smelling my own fire. There we go. <laughs> uh, yes, Shahir did pick that. Oddly enough, Shaheer picked the Spider-Man song. <laughs> Is this all just a genius ploy by me to be, to trick Shahir into thinking that the Spider-Man song was actually his idea? Actually, it was Brandon's. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I liked all those things. You, had, you said you had questions. I do have a lot. I, we'll get into some as we sort of hit, as we talk yeah. about it. But um, I didn't. Initially, like the very lostified, like no one talking to anybody that sort of that for for a movie that's sort of so psychological and a little bit unbelievable in a cool way. That was the most unbelievable part for me was this like there's no one fucking talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. and I get it. I understand Um, narrative logic and all that jazz. I didn't like. um. No, I liked that too. I was gonna, I was gonna go into uh, the, in the beginning of the film. It starts very strangely uh, at some sort of weird old white person uh, Six party. sex party. It's a sex party, everybody. I guess. <laughs> Uh, where it's a bunch of people in a room watching this one girl masturbate. And then like, she's instantly gone. And then these two other women come up with a tray and they put it down and they open it up and there's a spider on it. And then, uh, they disrobe and then except for heels. And then she goes over and almost steps on the spider while all these men watch. Now here's the weird thing. The director or someone in this movie has a heel fetish, like no one's business there are multiple longing shots of high heels on women's feet or not on women's feet or crushing spiders or a bunch of other things
1: i think i yeah i agree with that but i i think it has again because i think this film is so tied to like male anxiety it is re- and like you could you could argue that that's really portrayed in the way the the two women are cast um is that this is a film about the way men view women
0: sure i i just thought a lot of the every time I saw it I was like oh I see what this dude likes yeah, like yeah. Uh, it was very it was that sort of moment yeah um, yeah I, for the most part I, I really dug it I think the stuff I didn't understand will kind of get into more and I and it's one of those this is you know this is the highest praise I can give this movie this is a movie you will think about this is a movie um that once you're done with it you might have an epiphany about a couple days later and be like oh fuck the whole thing was like kind of like this because of that and the jump cuts meant this or like whatever the fuck you were talking about um and that quality is for me few and far between Mm -hmm. um this is also one of those things i think once you see it you'll want to see theories on it and you'll want to hear things so
1: hopefully we we have some that we talk about so and yeah, no, I completely agree. And then the, the the thing for me is, um, I think you mentioned this after we just watched the movie as well, which was that it's the perfect length.
0: Yes. So what, so oh, what, thank you so much. Um, thank you,
1: filmmakers. So one of my biggest... Thank you, editor. <laughs> what my biggest, Who edited this movie? I'm shouting them out. <laughs> uh, or her. Uh, I don't know. Um, But one of the things that always bugs me, uh, particularly because I'm in the short film world, is uh, short films that feel like they want to be feature films, you know, like basically short films that are are pitches for feature films. Uh, That really bugs me because I think it's not playing with the form as, as well as it could be. And it's using the form incorrectly. Uh, It's tricky though, because that's a a lot of short films are pitches for feature films. The thing that I really like about this is, and it's a weird thing to say in the opposite direction, which is that this feels like a short film. Um, And this feels like a short film, because in so much as as short films have the potential to be in my mind closer to poetry because they're short form they're sure. they they're kind of like a good short story they're 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 not telling you full um detailed narratives. they're kind of like touch pointing in narratives and giving you images that mm-hmm. are beautiful um so this felt like a short film, but I mean that in the high in the best possible way yes. which is that it it gives you like these little snippets of an idea and then ends in this sort of in this in this image that, well, and we're going to get into yeah. whatever the, the image is. It ends in this image that is so sharp and biting that it's kind of like the beautiful full stop on a great poem.
0: So Matthew Haddam uh, is the name of the editor uh, of this film. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for not only making this movie the perfect length, but also having a
1: bitchin' name. Uh, but it might also be the screenwriter as well. Now, remember this. Is, I'm thanking uh, the editor. Uh, this is based on a novel by Jose Saramago. And I just read the, the Wikipedia page of that, uh, of the novel uh, beforehand. Uh, <laughs> fucking yeah, I didn't read the novel. I
0: just read the Wikipedia page just, about just, the novel. Uh,
1: but the thing, so just from reading the wiki page on it, it was like the, the, what the novel sounds like is that there's actually a much more detailed exploration of like what happens if you find your actual double whereas i feel like the film is more like what happens psychologically it, when you want to fuck the double's girlfriend i think what happens psychologically when you're when your self identity fractures in two different directions is what i think Interesting. the movie, what i think the movie is more about so i i like that that he took the novel and used it to explore something something well, of his own yes
0: and once you've completed the film things won't bother you as much for instance i when they first met and because they, they do eventually meet, spoiler. Yeah, um, they're in a hotel room, hence the quote in the beginning. Yeah, and they meet each other, and they and they have the exact beard and hair. Yeah, and, and that actually doesn't happen in the novel. I know right? that's because I heard you reading it. That he like puts on a fake beard and yeah. like does, but like I'm so glad they didn't do that in the movie. Yeah. Like at first I was like, oh fuck you, they all they have the exact same facial and heads hair stylings,
1: and I was like, nah. But I like if they went into it, I wouldn't give a shit. But and and so we're gonna get into spoilers as to why that might be the case. Um, but, uh, yeah, aside, I mean, look, I, uh, I think I've said why I love this film, um, as it is. And I, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend seeing it. It, it saddens me that this film has a two and a half star rating on, uh, Amazon. Well, I also don't think this is a film for everybody,
0: no. sadly. No, it's Um, not. I, I, I have... some friends uh, that I would not ever recommend this to. Right. Uh, And that's not because it's a bad film. That's because uh, those friends are bad movie watchers. (laughs)
1: They're Uh, bad movie watchers. Yeah, look,
0: I I can get into sort of why. You you gonna name names?
1: No. I would love to see your Uh, name names. But the is it Robin? Is uh, no, it it's not, actually not Robin. Robin is, <laughs> is Robin is one of,
0: to be honest, and I would call her out if she wasn't, one of the most open minded pe- people when it comes to film. Listen, I don't need to hear about your sex life right
1: now. Oh, right. No, but I'd like, but you know what I mean? You know people that are actually um, willing to watch that. I know that because I've talked to her and she's, she's recommended movies that we should watch. Yeah. So, uh,
0: except for Drive, and I'm going to fight her on that. Um, but the, my point is, there are people that are just locked off. And pe- some people, that, I know some people that won't watch anything that's not a comedy. Right. And I'm like, oh, like that's a bad movie watch. At least watch. And, and it's not enough to be like, oh, I watched Citizen Kane and didn't like it. So I'm, I'm just going to anything that's not a comedy. I don't like it's like, no, like it, once a year, get out of your fucking comfort zone.
1: Right. I, I, I mean, I think you should be exposed to everything. Um, but except for the only film I've like I've 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 tr- avoided watching is a Serbian film. And so please don't recommend us watching that because I, I think I'll have a time. You think
0: everyone should be uh, yeah. exposed to Suicide Squad?
1: No, <laughs> but not a because- Serbian film and Suicide Squad. God, a Serbian film will co- will cause me to create a Suicide Squad with oh, me wow. and you in it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Who's putting the things in the back of our necks? Ugh, good. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, let's get into spoilers for this film. So, um, characters um,
0: start meeting each other. Mm. Various phone calls are made. Ominous tones are played while it's happening. Um, the wife, the pregnant wife of Teacher uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. No, sorry. A pregnant wife of actor, actor Jake, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal uh, goes and tries to find teacher Jake and sits next to him on a bench for a reason. After they like, this is something that happened interestingly. So they they actually sit next to each other and they don't reveal to each other who they are. Only the wife kind of knows what's going on. Knows that this is a dude that looks exactly like her husband. Right. And then she calls her husband as he leaves, but he turns the corner right as the
1: husband picks up. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an air to this film that they could be the same person. I I mean I will go out on a limb here and say that's my interpretation of the film that it's the, that it's that it, that they are the same person. Right. And it's
0: and if you look at it from a narrative perspective, like a narrative logic perspective that's almost impossible, not quite, because they sprinkle in lines throughout it from every other character that mix the two people's lives, the two Jake's lives, mm-hmm. but could still because a lot of information isn't given to you. There's one line from uh, one of them. I'm still not even sure which one, except as a blueberry hint. I don't know if you caught that.
1: Yeah, one of them likes blueberries and one of them doesn't. Right. Yeah.
0: So the one of them goes and visits uh, their mother. It's
1: Isabel- basically asking. Playing by Isabella Rosalina. Yeah. yeah. Nice to see scary. her.
0: Um, and uh, asks you know the question after you meet your double, mm. like, did, did you have another kid? Like, to your mom? You ask oh, right. your mom that yeah, because yeah. that if yeah. you could be a twin yeah yeah and she says no and she's like, like no you're my only son I'm, but she I almost didn't believe her but it doesn't matter right uh but I think the whole this whole movie set up to be like ah, I almost don't believe anybody
1: so the, thing, the reason I think it's it's uh they're the same person because obviously the 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 no, they have the same scar um which is impossible you know like not unless only, they were Siamese twins I I look and I have a I have a reading of this film that um uh parallel
0: universe is she here <laughs>
1: But, but, it, the multiverse, here Again, it has to do with fractured selves. And I don't think that, um, I don't think that this would actually hold up if you like looked at every scene in the film and said, did this happen or did this not happen? Well, what I like because, because at the end of this, there's a car accident. And, oh, and that one, was the one part I didn't like. I was the, going to talk about and that. And the one, and one character ostensibly dies. Um, but I think so. To, so, my reading of this film is is that, um, Jake, the actor. Is the real person, and but he at some point left his wife, or may pr- probably perhaps before he his wife uh, got pregnant, um, beca- uh, had an affair with Melanie R- Laurent's character. Now again, I I, I don't think it's it, saying that out loud as like this is definitively what it is. is no, you're makes sense so far. And then and and the problem is is that um, and so at some point he has to break off that relationship um and he does and he returns to his wife and his wife now has a fear and anxiety that she's, he's going to cheat again and he has been given this key to go to a, um uh he has been led back into temptation so the 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 leading back into temptation is how he sees this fractured self of him a, a version of himself as this teacher who is now having this affair um, and i think the the thing that he uh, his his the 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 symbol of his his major fear and anxiety is is obviously spiders, and spiders to him represent femininity and womanhood. Um, that's the way we see them. That's is that the, why there's one in the sex dungeon that I thought was a dream until a guy in an elevator
0: mentioned it, and then I realized it was an actual real place.
1: It was, and then there was a there was another uh, a dream that he has where he sees a woman with a spider's head. That was so fucking cool. And then and then when he visits his mother. The next thing we see is this spider that is over the city. Also so fucking cool. And we, see, we get this web icon, uh, iconography the entire way through the film. So fucking cool. Is, it is very cool. And when the car crash happens the window is cracked and we see and it's cracked in the shape of a spider web. Oh so fucking cool. <laughs> so um, to, and then obviously the one thing that we can't avoid which is the one it's a big thing for this film. It's the one thing a lot of people talk about is the final the second to, to last shot in the movie. Um, how did you feel? Now well, let's now, talk about that at the end. Because there's yeah, other stuff I want to talk about so, before so, we get to so that. So to me, um, the spider iconography relates directly to his anxiety about womanhood, and and then the other thing that that this character is dealing with is the note because he's about to become a father. And maybe this is just me reading into it having been a, fa- uh, oh, become a father. father. Is, is that this idea of be, becoming trapped within a web that you've created, and and I think the the fractured self, the seeing himself as this history teacher. Is him coping with that anxiety? Um, well, here's here's why I think they're the same person now. But it's everything makes sense except for the
0: scene that I mentioned before, where the pregnant uh, wife meets him on the park bench.
1: Right. Unless, well, I mean, I, it could be those could be alternate. But hold on, no, as well. no, I know,
0: no, 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 I, I get that. And actually, no, everything you could, other than the the scenes where they're in the room together, which he could be imagining. And let's put that out straight there. They never. Allude to him imagining himself like they never. You know how movies have that moment where they're like, even in Fight Club, when he realizes he's Tyler Durden. Oh, spoiler! Yeah. Um, like there's that fracture, and they go back and they show the things and like yeah. whatever. Like there was never that moment here.
1: And I don't think I don't think it would hold up. No, a hundred percent. But yeah.
0: but I, but honestly, there's never there's no there's nothing this film does in its narrative. Even if you attack it with narrative logic again, other than well, no, actually, I think I just proved away. My problem with it being all lostified, yeah. because if it, they are, in fact, the same person, they wouldn't go and reach out and talk to other people about this feeling that they're having. No. This would be something that they would that would be more intense for them on an individual level. So an internalized. He, things. Another thing. Teacher Jake, mm-hmm. his house is super sparse. There's no decorations Which is what at all. That
1: makes me believe that that's that's a, that's his side house. Yeah, yeah. That's his that's, that's his, his having
0: an affair house. That's his side chick. But yeah. it's interesting because the two personalities, the actor is way more confident and outgoing, but he's supposed to be the family man, and the teacher is the. Uh, more docile sort of version that's never, and, you know, people aren't really happy with him ever. Even his students don't look engaged. The other thing about it is, we keep calling one of them actor. Yeah. He's was a uh, extra in three movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's ironic to me that that the actor has the like the nice apartment and like is the cool motorbike guy. Where I was like the in in. In my world, or in my understanding of the world, the history professor would be the person who's like has the nice apartment, is a little bit more settled, a little bit more. Wouldn't have the motorcycle though, and the leather jacket. Maybe not the motorcycle, but
0: no, I think that's a good point because that's exact. That's that is a hundred percent it. And there's also like they meet in a hotel room when the two Jakes meet, and yeah. it's like the specific one an hour outside the
1: city, and like, yeah, yeah. Fun. Which and we see there's a there's a shot right beforehand, which I think you called out where uh, a woman is wearing a short skirt and walking through. So this is clearly a hotel where. People meet to have sex. Yes. Um, so it's like that. That's my reading of the film. It's not. I. I think you could. You could. They're make, the same person. They're yeah. the same
0: fucking person. There's no question in my mind now that they're the same fucking person.
1: But that. But to me, what's more interesting is this idea that the history teacher um, talks about in one of his lectures, which is that uh, which is about dictatorships and history repeating itself. History repeating itself, but also dictatorships are about control, um, and the thing that this character is trying to exert over the world is control, and he's losing it through uh, becoming a parent. Like, the, you know, like, I feel like the web, you know, uh, webs and spiders represent femininity exerting control over him, and that's what he has an anxiety over. I think there's a direct correlation when he visits his mother, and then we see a giant spider over the city, over, like... Again, that overbearing well, the, prison. The, the mother life. thing.
0: The, the Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, the, the mother thing when she even says she's like, you you know, don't don't screw any of this up. Like you got a good you have a good uh, girl and you uh, you have a great apartment and you have a good job. And don't don't worry about this. She said mentions like the and she's like, don't think about going back to the acting or something <laughs> yeah, like that. To
1: become a third right actor, yeah. Yeah, d- the third
0: rate right actor. Yeah. The third rate acting thing. And then that was the moment, except the, and, but and they and also then, sprinkle and in and the
1: blueberry thing, which makes the, you believe. Then, it's different because one of them likes blueberries, one of them doesn't. But the wife also like once once he kind of like settles back into his life in that apartment. It's kind of funny because because I think what you know like our interpretations where the t- where the history professor has the shitty life and the the um the actor has the amazing life, and then at the end of the film, the wife, uh, played by Sarah Gadon, uh, uh, Helen says to him, "Did you have a good day at school?" Meaning that she and I was like what. Yeah, okay, I'm oh, sorry. We're, so we're skipping so, apart. We're skipping apart for
0: people that might not... I know this is confusing. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick before we continue. Yeah. So at one point after they meet and there's a couple back and forth and they don't want to see each other again and whatever, then for whatever reason, actor Jake, because he's a fucking scumbag wannabe badass, comes up with this idea to try to trick history teacher Jake... Uh, into he accuses actor accuses teacher of sleeping with his wife and yeah. he's like what what the fuck are you talking about and then he's like the only way you can make this up to me is I'm going to take your girlfriend and, and
1: and have sex with her take her out for a weekend and, and now
0: seen. that we're talking about it it makes total sense if they're the same person because that's the two sides of his brain trying to justify
1: having an affair because yeah because the only thing that now narrative- ah! <laughs> Mind blown. The only thing that narratively doesn't work there is why does teacher Jake kind of like uh, go along with the idea? Well, no, but th- this is
0: what I'm saying. If, if you're looking at it as if they're two different people, it makes no fucking sense for him but to do it. If the but if they're the same person, yeah. there would be one side of his personality winning and losing. What doesn't make sense, what breaks narrative, For mm. I guess, is the car crash, and the f- but, no, but not the car crash itself, That where, where actor Jake and girlfriend Blonde uh, go and, and
1: basically you assume what die. So he, but, but, but me, it could be that they died, but it could also be that 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 like, again, if you look at this as two different timelines where he had an affair and then now he's like, resolved. I don't think it's a, I think it's the same timeline. No, because then the reason I think that that the timeline makes sense to me like that is the scar, which is that I think the scar was 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 something that he got in the accident. Oh, maybe, but I, I, but, but again, I I don't think you
0: should read, but they're listening to, uh, I guess it could be anything, but like the reason why, even if it was like something that sort of like he he even in his own mind killed off that part of him or whatever, but then on the news, they're watching it and it says car crash on the thing, but it could be any car crash. I know it's
1: all over the fucking place, but in a weird, interesting way. Um, yeah, I, I, so, you know, like, and I think there's plenty of theorizing to do about the same person. Yeah. I, 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 I completely see them as the same person. Um, and I think the film does a really, really kind of masterful job of weaving it together in a way that is like, it kind of strings together and then it kind of doesn't. And it requires you to do a lot of work to, to put it together. Mental gymnastics. Um, but then it, it, and, it, and it culminates in this remarkable image. Um, you can go I, into it now. Yeah, the and I think this is one of the great final shots of any movie. If you
0: yeah. haven't watched this movie, stop listening right now. Go watch it. Although I don't know how you, we're <laughs> yeah. double talking all yeah. over the place. And then there's a thing, and there's a giant spider. He talks about blueberries. Um, <laughs>
1: but like this moment was very jump jump worthy in a weird way. I, I I was like I saw you like writing notes on your phone, and I was like like look up, look up. <laughs> yeah, I was like fucking hell. Don't, don't miss this moment because when I saw this moment the first time, my whole body shuddered in a way that like. I haven't done in a long yep. time. Um, and basically, we walk... So he, his, uh, his wife, uh, Sarah Godin, Helen, is, is, is having a shower. She walks into the next room. And this is the thing that makes it interesting, is that he finds the key... To the six club or whatever that he that we mentioned at the beginning of the film. Oh yeah, because a guy in an elevator going up to his uh, yeah, the yeah. apartment says and, something. About yeah, him. and so he says, uh, "I think I'm going to go out tonight," which means he's he's kind of like regressing. You know, like he's got this fear of 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 commitment or is this fear of like settling down, and he's like got, got this key and like the temptation is strong right. now. Um, and so he's like, "I think I'm going to go out tonight." Uh, you got any plans? And she doesn't say anything. He's like, "Helen, Helen." And he walks back into the room and just the, you know, like the stuff of Stephen King's nightmares, Uh, a giant spider. But but the reason this image is so powerful is the spider is 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 terrifying. It's gigantic. It fills the room. It giant fills the room. But it retreats when it sees him. It, It it it. Clambers up. And it's you ever at, seen when you're trying to kill
0: a spider yeah. uh, and it like knows it's being hunted, it kind of goes back into its little, like it brings its front legs in and like crunches itself down thinking it's hiding.
1: Yeah, it's, Picture it's, that, but filling your entire fucking bedroom. And it's such a powerful image. He's you going know, to like, that's such a potent image of this terrifying, like, so, and, and it gets to this idea that, that, um, you know, like we, we, human beings are wired to think of spiders as terrifying. But spiders should rightly look at us and think, "Well, oh my God, get the fuck away from me!" Yeah, and and that, I think that that that's a really powerful. Seeing the spider retreat as he's about to make this decision to, to uh, go out again to this potential sex club thing, um, and realizing, and 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 that's obviously where the connection between femininity, womanhood, and spiders are line up perfectly yeah um is it's just it's so powerful it, it ties so uniquely into the film and then you know like and then it cuts back to jack gyllenhaal and he kind of sighs a little sadly um and and we and we cut to cut to end and it was i just oh god that it's so good and it's it's so hard to like express to people how good this movie is and basically say, well, you got to watch it for the last shot. Cause you don't want to ruin the, you know, like right. that, the, that there is going to be this image. Um, but it, it's just so good. And I'm, I'm, I mean, how did you respond when you saw that image?
0: I mean, I didn't initially read into it as much
1: as that. I, I, uh, I mean, I admittedly, I've seen it twice. And sure. And i had time to think about, about it. And you've thought
0: about it. You probably read an article or two about it or whatever. And it, 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 everything makes total sense of what you're saying. Uh, I definitely saw it as a regression, but I just thought sort of like as fear. I I didn't make the connection of the spiders representing uh woman, womanhood as much. That's not to say that it's not there. In fact, it makes sense to me, but when I was watching it, I just figured the spiders were sort of fear of, of, of something. Cause you don't really know if they're two different people, then okay. Is it representing which one of their fears and then whatever? It's like, Oh my God, it's both. Yeah. Um, but first of all, uh, I mean the whole the whole usage of the spiders in the movie is masterful. Uh, secondly, this is how CG should be done in a fucking movie. You sprinkle it on; it's fucking salt. It's for taste. It's not your entire fucking vomitorium of just fucking computer generated images, unless
1: you're doing an actual well, cartoon. It, it, it's 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 a really powerful reminder that CG can be a really powerful tool. Yeah, because you that kind of imagery you couldn't do. You yeah. know, like, like 30 years ago, like doing that would have just, you know, if it was unconvincing, it would just look terrible. Yep. Um. So, uh, yeah. I
0: love it. Well, I love it because this it's just one of those. It's like it, 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 it spent its, it, it not even spent its budget. Right. It, um, how do I, it just, it, it showed restraint. It showed restraint and kept itself allocated for those two or three moments that really helped it hit. Yeah. Like the scene where the spider, the woman's walking down the hallway naked, uh, sort of upside down or not Up, really, upside down, um, yeah. Is uh, and she is, is funny, you see, like a glowy thing. Uh, actually, that it's interesting. I've had a nightmare similar to this. Uh, the glowy thing where her mouth would be, and she walks forward, and it's not really glowing, it's a reflective thing because it's like an actual human shaped spider maw. Yeah,
1: and it's like, wow, I mean, it's it's a, it's a perfectly realized nightmare vision. It's right? very like, good, it's, it's, it's so, very good, so good. Um, and you know, what's what's interesting, um, as we're talking about the movie, is I think. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think th- this is the kind of movie the more you think about it, the more you like it and And I feel like the you you kind of had questions and were thinking about it, and I've given you one interpretation of you know how I read the film, and I feel like you're liking it more the more we talk about oh, it oh of course, well, and then, like the last problem
0: I had with it if before I, before sort of, sort of I, in my brain, they're the same person, yeah. but one thing uh is um uh when actor. Uh, Jake is taking uh, the girlfriend to the hotel, and then they're having sex. And then she realizes mid mid coitus about the mark on his hand from yeah. the ring
1: that I've always had. This, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that was I was like, what? That how? Like, mm. it didn't feel real. Like that was the tell to me. Yeah. But if it's something that was like going on a long time and like all this stuff, and he was supposed to not have the ring, like that sort of thing, then it makes sense for me. Yeah. Um. So a lot of this conversation, I feel like I've started to like it more because, again. This is my whole thing. This is my whole thing about things loving the smell of their own farts, which this film does not. When, when I was watching this, I even said this to you at the end of it. I was like, there's a lot I like, the some I don't, but I, I realize that this movie knows exactly what it is, mm-hmm. and it knows exactly what it sort of wants to tell and what it wants you to think about, and it's masterfully giving you enough information to you know, if you're a curious human being interested in this sort of stuff will really want to dig into it and sort of figure it out and talk about it. Luckily, we have this forum where now mm-hmm. I'm not just watching this in a fucking air bubble and I don't have anyone to talk to about it unless I go on the Internet or have some other friends or whatever. <laughs> Who does you don't have friends. But my point is like this. The, this is why this isn't a movie that loves the smell of its own farts and it doesn't have pretension is because it's so craft. It's so masterful in the way that. Yeah, I watched it, and I knew I liked it. I also knew I didn't understand it, or I knew there was—I knew there was more going on. Yeah, I—I I, I had not yet met the man behind the curtain, but I understand. And and again, to be that fair, there's more.
1: I've had more time to sit with. No, this no, no. no and I'm not had, saying.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Even upon initial viewing, and I liked that you'd seen it before, and this was my first time. I could see the artistry. And I knew it was worth my time to think about because I knew that the filmmaker had something that they were trying to say. And just because I didn't kind of come to that, uh, those, those reasons on my own in the first half hour after I watched
1: which it, which is impossible. To yeah. Do.
0: Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean, but like there are other films that I mm-hmm. truly don't believe do that. I, I just on me, I don't believe the lobster and it's ending, which ended just as abruptly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with just as many answers, uh, I don't believe that is a film, in my own mind and belief, that knew where it wanted to go. I think that had a starting premise that was incredibly strong, and then it kind of spiled. I've talked about it before. We've, talk- we've argued at- uh- But this movie, <laughs> the Enemy, through and through, I just feel like its creator and, and, and all of the collaborators that had something to do with it knew exactly what they wanted to do, and they were able to make it interesting enough where even someone- interesting and deep enough where you're not going to get it all the first time. But then when you watch it and you think about it, you'll enjoy thinking about it. You'll figure it out. You'll want to watch it a second time and you'll get all, you'll get the catharsis you
1: want because it's earned your interest. Yeah. This is a, this is a movie that is uh, like in a way I, I've, I, I only buy Blu-rays or DVDs of movies that I, that I know I'll want to watch again. I, I very rarely right. buy movies that I've never seen. Uh, and this is a blind buy, you know, like uh, buy this one and watch it as many times as I can. Um, what, what I love about it as well, there's there's two or three things that I, that I love about it. One is that it is, it features a big Hollywood movie star (laughs) and, 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 but he's been making good choices, interesting choices. He's been making interesting choices. And I think maybe the reason this film happened is that it was, uh, uh, an offset to doing prisoners prisoners is like, again, a classic Hollywood, um, crime thriller. But a very, very, very good one, right. Excellent, excellent one. Um, and I think the way that they can make a film like Enemy is by saying, "Okay, we'll do this crime film, but I'm going to do this other like weird." It's a Jane up-
0: Silent Bob Ben Affleck Matt Damon moment where it's like you got to do the art, you got to do
1: the big budget picture, so you can do the art house picture. Exactly. Yeah, you can do. Uh, and for Matt Damon, it's like doing—I um, uh, can't remember what his big budget one would have been—but so he could do a film like Jerry with Gus Van Sant, like the *Reindeer Games*. <laughs> no, that was Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, Applesauce bitch. <laughs> um, so it's a miracle to, you know, like, it's amazing that this film happened. It's a, it's amazing that it happened with such a big movie star. And it's, what I love about it as well is how sparse it is. How like, how like it, it is cra- it, it is using the medium so poetically and it's sparse, you know, like it, it's not telling you things. It's showing you image, you know, really potent images, uh, and allowing you to try and fill those images yourself. Like the spider image is not something that's ever explained. It could be entirely happening in his own head, um, you know. Who knows? Um, but it's it's the beautiful, potent image that right. that really connects this film together. Um, I, I, hey, so I, should people see it without a doubt? And and ignore that fucking bullshit two and a half star rating on Amazon. If you it are, it is if, weird that it has that. If you are a film goer that that is passionate about seeing as much as you want, if you're not one of those people that only watches comedies or whatever. Um, this is, without a doubt, a film you should see. Um, Agreed. I, and Brandon I Brandon, as Rip, well. Brandon Ripley, thank you. for I, I hope we either confirmed or give, gave you something to think about for, with this film. Um, yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, and, and, uh, I'm going to do my little Criterion Corner thing now. Just oh, you forgot last week. Yeah. You were a bad snooty film goer. I, I was, I was, but I, I wanted to tie it back into uh, a film that I think, uh, if you enjoyed the, there's two, there's one that's not on the Criterion Collection. Well, actually, there's going to be- Then how different. can it be in your Criterion yeah. Corner? There's three films I want to- Jesus make, Christ. One that's not you available. give him an inch, people, and he <laughs> just fucking takes and takes and takes. One that's not available in the Criterion Collection, but it is available. It's a difficult One film that was one. borrowed. One. One that, that was blue. One that was in the Criterion Collection, but is currently out of print now. Uh, and one that is currently on the Criterion Collection and is available to watch on Hulu. So I'll start with the last one. The Obscure Object of Desire by Louis Bunuel, which is about a relationship that, uh, 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 and a fear that goes through a long period of time. And one thing that Louis Bunuel wanted to, uh, to, to illustrate was that uh, we don't care about um, identity and the actress that plays the woman that this main character is having an fear with is switched out three or four times in the movie without anybody noticing. Um, the second movie is dead ringers by David Cronenberg, uh, which we used to be on the criterion collection. It's an amazing horror film about two twin brother gynecologists played by Jeremy. Right. Uh, right. It is creepy as all fuck, uh, but it's incredible study of, of, of the psychology of two twins. Um, and the third one is Possession by Andrew Zalowski, uh, who passed away last year, uh, about a woman who is undergoing um, a sexual awakening of such, but might be possessed by a demon uh, uh, with Sam Neill. And I can't can uh, it be both? Can it just be yeah. sexy, sexy both? Uh, it's it's amazing. And uh, if you're into Massive Attack, Massive Attack actually recently did a new music video with a rift on uh, Andrew Zalewski's position. Um, It's an incredible film. It's not available in the Criterion Collection, but you should watch it. I
0: have a corner I want to do now. What's that? It's called Watching Overwatch.
1: (laughs) Just so you know, another
0: Overwatch short film came out, The Last Bastion, and it's probably one of my favorite things I've seen on the internet. It is is super emotional. It's only seven minutes long. Totally worth your time. The rest of them are great, too, but fuck. Blizzard is doing some amazing shit in animated cinema. It's really... uh, It's... uh. It's challenging some Pixar shit at this point. It's real fucking good.
1: Does it relate to uh, to Enemy in any way? Uh, uh, let's see. I can do the mental gymnastics. <laughs> uh, it's about a robot
0: that kind of has a little bit of PTSD and is trying to fight with its own identity. Does it go back to its own warlike ways or can it live a peaceful existence even though it is a machine that was built for killing? Bam! Did it!
1: I did it. No, I did it. You did do the mental gymnastics, but I, I'm not quite with you on that one. I uh, did it, <laughs> uh, everyone. You can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail dot com. I did it. Hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod, and uh, like Brandon, you could recommend a film to us. I'm I'm so happy Brandon recommended this one to that us. That is
0: true. I you know what you know what makes me even more happy about it. He probably thought I was going to fucking hate it too, and he wanted a bloodbath. Yeah, and we, we've been kind of hugging it out. Yeah, we can't. We have been, I think we've
1: been getting closer in the last few months. Uh,
0: I hope not. <laughs> I mean, this room is very. Right, we're, we're breathing each other's air at this point.
1: Yeah, so um, definitely hit us up. There is there is one film that I'm really looking forward to us doing soon, uh, The Devils, which is really hard to find a copy of. Hey, send us send us the movies you want us to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to us, to, to us talking about that one. Um, and then people can see us live, man. How could people see us in the flesh? We're going to be in
0: Seattle
1: September
0: 2nd to do a thing about... Video game movies at 6 p.m. in the Sphinx Theater at PAX. That was the worst song I've ever done in my entire life. But we will be doing all those things. It's true. We are going to be basically fixing Hollywood, like I said before. Mm -hmm. And we are going to talk about how we can make video game movies better. So if you like movies and you like games and you like us, I know those are three things that Venn Diagram is very small. (laughs) Uh, But please, and and you're in Seattle, come down. Uh, Otherwise, you will be able to hear the podcast. We're recording it. Uh, So... We'll be uh, we'll be doing that. You can find me at www.matthewkrol dot com for my life and works. Also, and Emperor M S K on Twitter and Skeletor the number four P R E Z on Instagram.
1: Are we gonna see any of your shitty shorts? <laughs>
0: Uh, that's the corner I'm going to call. I'm going to call it shitty, shitty shorts, shorts. Shitty shorts. They're not shitty. <laughs> Mine are. Mine oh, are shitty. oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about our our, fil- our college films. Yeah, oh, those co- are shitty. Yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. No, we yeah. should. I'm Seriously. And write in if you want that done. here's not going to do it unless. <laughs> I would you actually
1: have to. I would struggle to actually you, find the copy. You got,
0: yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. But if you put up enough of a stink, dear listeners, we will get that episode done.
1: Shitty Shorts. Uh Shitty Shorts.
0: Welcome to the Shitty Short episode. Anyway, this can, has been
1: what and you can see my work at www.shihirdad.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. that's where my shorts and everything are. Not, Not my, the ones he's talking about. Yeah, my list shitty shorts are right. on there. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, this has been the only podcast about the film enemy. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Glad you uh you guys can tune in one little extra thing. I love doing these things
1: on Wednesdays. It's nice to get these out and you have a little little bonus. And yeah, being able to do an extra episode is kind of nice as well. And again, I oh, just I love that we're doing movies that that we're not, you know, like that I don't feel guilty about paying for, like uh, like Suicide Squad. I know, but I I, I, was, I went in with you, hope. You paid for it, so I, maybe that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, so I'd like to go out with a song that, while thematically isn't quite true with the film that we just watched, uh, this whole movie was shot in such a yellow light that how else could we go out?
1: Greenish-yellow tinge that made you feel
0: uncomfortable. Well, this song makes me feel uncomfortable. Is it? No. Because it was all yellow. See you next week. I drew a true lie. I drew a true